The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys. We got a new cigar on the horizon. What are you smoking today? It's a United cigar. Oh, nice. Straight from Two Guys Smoke Shop, Salem, New Hampshire. Oh. Almost said Mass. Uh, Which city? Exit one Not off of be- every major highway. Seabrook, <laughs> Salem, New Hampshire. Nashua. And Nashua. Yeah. He can barely do his own business pitches, so I don't know why we're leaving that up to him. Today, we are going to talk about having visitors over. We had friends over for the first time in a long time because we had quarantine and pandemics, but really, we don't have people over even when there isn't a pandemic. That's true. We don't really care for people much. (laughs) Scott's wearing a a button-down. This will probably be the only episode that you'll ever see Scott this fancy. We just came from a memorial service. One of our very dear clients um, passed away from a long battle of lung cancer, so she uh, is having all of her... Memorial, memorial donations go to the Doberman Rescue, so we're going to write a check later on. But that's why we're a little fancier than normal. And yeah, we were lucky, I guess, to be able to even congregate because uh, last month they just did it virtual. No one could even yeah. go. But we were all there with masks on, and there was probably 50 people in the room. Mm-hmm. All no touching, no hugging, no kissing, no handshakes. Big rules. I broke that rule. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do the quirky tip of the day. And this is a little bit of a controversial one. Are you going to squeak? This United thing's getting you out of hand here. Squeak. Oh, sorry about that. Start. Do it again. All right. All right. Before we get to having visitors over, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. There we go. We got to have the whole cadence going, and then he's ready. Okay. So I'm the quirky in. tip of the, the day, zone. no pun intended, with, with the Q-tip, tip Jess? is the Q-tip. I asked Scott last night. I walked in the bedroom, and I said, do you think it's crass if the quirky tip of the day is the Q-tip? And he said yes, but we're doing it anyway. So long story short, if you have potty problems or whatever else, and this uh, lady who was a client of ours, she used to show her dogs in confirmation. A lot of people do this in the confirmation ring. It is a show dog dog trick. Yeah, it started as a show dog trick, but it's becoming more widely known. And you can even Google this or put it on YouTube, ask about it on YouTube. This is a thing. It's not just a weird just thing. If your dog's all bound up and won't go to the bathroom, if you stick a Q-tip up its butt, not like all the way so it's not visible, but How like halfway up, exactly? up every, everyone's a little different. We don't have to get into specifics. Uh, that should help stimulate them to go. So the quirky tip of the day is the Q-tip, and uh, it's come in handy for us before, and yeah. I wanted to impart our wisdom onto our listeners and If viewers. I'm traveling and I don't get my coffee in the morning, <laughs> usually it's about a four to six Q-tip yeah. uh, session. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So... People coming to your home. This is a common thing that we've gotten over the years with clients. Oh my God, my dog jumps, my dog barks, my dog's obnoxious when people come over. I'd say 25% of the time people say we don't have people over. That's just how they handle it. Quite often. Yeah. So they just, they either never leave the house, never leave their dog alone, or they just don't have people to their home. So we're going to give you some tips today um, about the intro and just some etiquette and ways that you can make that happen. Because these friends that came over the other night... They're dog people, and we had dogs out and about more than normal, and we're not used to that. If we're going to have people at our house, his family doesn't like the dogs. A lot of our other friends aren't dog people. They're just locked up, and they're not integrating. So we're going to talk about management and integrating. Yeah, and most of the time, people don't do anything. They just hope for the best. Uh, I have a client right now that I just saw yesterday who their dog has a lot of territorial aggression. So as soon as you pull into the driveway, 
this dog comes ripping out of the house and looks like it wants to kill you, starts circling the vehicle and barking at you and all that stuff. And, um, you know, the average people, they just say, oh, we don't know what to do. And don't worry, he won't bite you. Don't move quickly and all this kind of <laughs> don't crap. Don't look directly at him. Back away yeah. slow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, in that case, we worked on uh, the recall. And also, I told them they should, um, see, they have an invisible fence. So, they give the dog all this freedom. But if someone comes on the property, the dog's going nuts. So, I told them to put the dog on a long line, you know, if they're out there with the dog. So, that they can, we've been working on the come command, but if someone approaches the house, and this happens even when someone's walking by the house, the dog runs to the edge barking. They can practice their recall and pull, reel the dog in if need be with the long line. Yeah, the difference between visitors and like the FedEx guy or the mailman is it's a planned visit. You know, normally there's a time and everything else. And if, you know, it's friends that you're close with, you can say, hey, text us when you're two minutes away, whatever else. But you want to prepare for whatever it's going to look like when they arrive. You don't want the doorbell to ring and now it to be a total <clears> cluster and you know, you're stressed and dogs are taking food off the counters and everything else. So if you know that someone is planned to come, like this client knew that Scott had an appointment there and he, it was a plan that he was going to be there, prepare, like do some preparation work. And really that preparation goes even before the meeting. What I would recommend, this gets into training and a lot of the things that we talk about here on the podcast are for people that, in my opinion, have no interest in training. They just enjoy their dog and they're having problems with their dog. But if you want that kind of stuff to work and have it be easier to accomplish, uh, practice these techniques before you have a visitor come to your home that is very unfamiliar to the dog that you don't see on a regular basis. It could be when the kids are coming home, they could text you and say, hey, I'll be there in five minutes. And then you can prepare that, you know, for the dog that may bark at, and tell the kids, ring the doorbell, knock on the door, don't just walk in. Stuff right. like that. So how you know? would you prepare? Let's give them some tips here. Well, I'd put a leash on the dog, first of all. Mm -hmm. If you have a dog that's rushing the windows, rushing the, the door when the mailman comes, tearing your mail apart, doing all this crazy crap that you see all the time, put a leash on the dog and uh, work them through that stuff. You could, you could use food. First of all, you want to limit the, the dog's uh, ability to run all to the windows mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Limit their movement. Yeah. And then um, ideally, you can start teaching them to do an alternative behavior. But at the very least, you could, uh, depending on their level of stimulation, if they'll take food, if they're not over the top where they won't even take a treat, you can uh, start counter-conditioning that doorbell with food so that there's a more positive experience instead of having that, that ringing or that knocking tap into a fear response, you know? Yeah, and a lot of times, Scott's even done that before, like if the dog knows how to get on a bed, like you make the doorbell noise mean like run to your bed, doorbell noise, run to your bed. And that does get into some more, like Scott's saying, training and practicing and, and rehearsing and everything I use else. an app for that. You can download a doorbell app that's got 25 different doorbell sounds on it. So I yeah. can stand there, ring the doorbell on my phone and, and get them into the, onto the bed. Or like we've that. gotten those uh, ones that like plug in before at Home Depot. We can just hold the thing, but that's going to sound different than the doorbell at your house, but it's a way that you can train it just yourself. So that involves, you know, some preparation and some training and everything else. Just as far as management goes, um, that first initial meeting when people walk in, that's when everything's the most heightened. That's when, you know, everybody wants to see you and, oh, it's been so long and the dogs are most amped up and everything else. So, uh, using a crate is a good thing. You can do that in this, uh, first like moment of time without a lot of training. Scott mentioned having the dog have a leash on it. A drag line is good because you can manage the dog. The crate is even a problem if they're not used to a crate, but a lot of people use their basement or some, another yeah. room in the house to to put their dog when people are coming over. Or they'll do it after the dog's a total pain in the ass. But if you could be proactive in putting the dog in a in a basement, if you have a finished basement type setup, five minutes before the people get there, put some music on, some white noise, something so they're not hearing what's going on. 
uh, your life will be much, much easier. And that's similar to, you know, if you don't have to access the backyard or, you know, the yard is not part of like the person coming into the house, you could even put the dog outside for a little bit. But you want to intentionally try to limit the barking and the jumping as much as you can. Because if you put the dog outside and the dog's just being a pain in the ass barking outside, that's still disruptive. You can still make the neighbors pissed off and everything else. So you need to think, like I always say to my clients, okay, what if I gave you $100 for your dog not to sit crooked the next time? Like, what would you do differently? Like, how much would you care and how much could you focus and could you make that happen? And they say, oh yeah, for that month, for a hundred bucks, sure, I can make it happen. So think to yourself, like, okay, like, there's a lot on the line here. Like, how can I make this dog shut up? Like, how can I, how many steps do I need to take? So maybe the dog's upstairs in a bathroom with music, with a marrowbone, something, but you just want to limit those reps of the dog blowing up for five minutes or whatever. And what normally happens is people put the dog away because they don't want the dog to run out the door or something when people show up. Then the dog's so annoying, they just let the dog out anyway. So now the dog's been barking for five minutes, maybe if people can tolerate it. And then they say, oh, go let out Rover. I don't want to listen to him anymore. And then he comes out and he's jumping all over everybody, maybe ripping clothes. You know, it gets crazy. So we part, always... Uh, not to ahead. interrupt you, but part of the problem with this stuff with, with friends and company and kids' friends coming over is that... Most people don't have an aggressive dog, so it's not an aggression issue. It's about over-exuberant, jumping on the kids, jumping on people. And people act like, oh, it's okay, I love dogs and all this crap. They don't like it at all. The dog is learning a lot of negative behavior and people are tolerating it. But there's going to be someone that comes in the door that either is not going to like it or they're going to be frail. It could be an older woman. I have a client right now that, you know, the the couple is, the lady's 75 and her mother is living with them. Her mother's 101. And her mother is throwing the ball for this German Shepherd, a 101-year-old lady. She's throwing a ball in the backyard, and the dog came back and, like, is playing tug with her with this damn ball, and then, like, scratched her her hand. And it was, you know, for us, it would be nothing, but when you're 101, it gets to be a big scratch. And, and at least that's a stuff. dog within her family. I mean, can you imagine yeah. if you were having some sort of family party, and now your dog does this to, you know, the neighbor or your you know, distant aunt or something. So if you, they jump, Q-tip them. That's <laughs> Use the Q-tip as the jumping aversive. It's kind of hard to finagle that. Maybe it was too much. I just really, I racked my brain with what can I help you guys with? And it really is a helpful little tip. Um, so that what you always talk about, and it is true, is Again, really get, it's those first five. It, it oh helps with younger. We're moving with, on. With younger dogs with potty training issues, you can't get their their system on a schedule. They're accustomed to Maybe they hold it, then they poop in the house. You take them outside for an hour, they won't poop. And then, then you put them in the crate and they go so to the bathroom. Not every you, young dog, but some dogs are a pain in the butt. And yeah, if you can get them, again, no pun to, intended. If you can get them to If you get them on outside, a schedule, that's good. The schedule is key. All right, yeah. can we move on from the Q-tip? We're going to take it off the table so it's not I'm even. I'm not saying it's 100% not even. off the table, but for now it's. <laughs> it, it, it actually is right now. Okay, so you always talk about when people come over, it's those first five minutes where the dog is most excited. Yeah, they're stimulated because it's so, something new there. what we tell our clients to do is use their bed if the dog has a good bed behavior. If the dog is able to stay on a dog bed or something like that, that would be an ideal situation. Or you could step on the leash. That's another way to minimize that. But if you if you get over that first hump, so, okay, your dog's going to bark in a crate. You're not going to use a crate. Your dog can't stay on a dog bed, whatever. You're, maybe you can tether it to a door. It's, you're just limiting its movement. If you get over those first 15 minutes and keep the dog as calm as possible and the dog can settle down and then you let the dog integrate, it's very rare that a dog's going to be like resting on its dog bed and then you go to release it off and it's just as excited as it would have been when that person first walked in because everybody's decompressed a little bit. The energy is different. And here's a caveat. Ooh. You can't control the people that you come to visit you. 
And there are some people that won't listen to you no matter what you say to them. They, they're dog people. They love dogs. They are going to be so upset if they can't pet your dog and crawl around the floor with your dog. So if you have someone like that coming over, I'd put the dog in the basement somewhere and don't even let the people see the dog. Yeah. Because they're not going to help you. They're not going to help you make your dog better. They're going to reinforce bad behavior. And they're not going to apologize for it. They're just, this is who I am. I love dogs and you're being mean and I want to pet your dog. Well, and the problem is if your dog has certain repetitions with one visitor and then it has to have different rules with the other ones, it gets kind of confusing. So you need to figure that out. And some people are too, especially the owners are too meek maybe to be like, oh, like, please don't do that. They don't want to step in. Well, you have to be assertive if you own dogs. If there's a three-year-old walking up towards your aggressive dog on the street, you're not going to say like, oh, please don't, please stop. You're going to assert yourself. You'll get in between. Between that dog and that kid. So you need to be a little more assertive with guests because in the long run, if you're not getting all these BS reps, then your dog can be integrating with guests more and be out more. And that's what we're going to get into more after break because we did have our dogs out and we had a pretty nice time. Yeah. How quick we go into this break right away? Because yep. I just wanted to say real quick. All right, quick, go ahead. Um, these guests that came last night, we have some dogs that are not all of them, but a couple that are territorial. So they're going to get barking and defensive and fearful when a stranger walks into the house. So what we did was we all went outdoors. We brought the dogs outside into the yard so that they were on a little more neutral territory. They had some more space, and they were able to accept, the dogs were able to accept the people in that situation much faster without any big negative situations. That's all. good. I'm really glad we got to that one before break. All you right. know, happy Howies, I uh, want to tell you. They're coming up. They're, uh, they're going to tell you themselves. They're better spokespersons for themselves awesome than you dog, are. Dog all right, we'll see you after break. Happy Howie's all-natural dog treats are made with real slow-cooked beef, lamb, and turkey. Choose from deli-style sausages, wolf sticks, jerky, burger treats, and our soft meat roll treats. All of our treats are available in bulk or in convenient resealable packages. And dogs just love Happy Howie's. They are made in the USA and available at thousands of retailers nationwide and online at happyhowies.com. Try Happy Howies today and save 10% with promo code QUIRKY10. Happy Howies. We're making it real. We're going to do the quirky question of the day, and we're giving it to Scott this time. Yeah, so this is Bob from Connecticut, and he wrote in, my dog constantly drinks water. What do I do to stop this? This was actually a really convenient tie-in for me. because I've I seen this quite a I wrote a, a blog post about this um, like a year ago, and it was called Anxiety Related to Water. So you give your two cents, and then I'll give my four cents probably. Well, I mean, it's it depends on what's... If the dog is just compulsively drinking water, you need to regulate the water the dog gets. You can't give the dog free access to water all the time. You know, I had a client one time that they said, oh, the dog is always thirsty. And and I said, well, what do you do? He goes, well, we just keep refilling the food, the water bowl, because the dog is, keeps drinking. And they and they said, the dog gets like a watermelon, like their body gets so hard, they're so full of water. <laughs> That's not a good said, state for your you dog to be that in. That doesn't sound normal, you know. And it's just a compulsive, it's a mental thing. So there's a lot of ways that dogs express anxiety and stress. And some of them get into compulsive drinking water or kicking, the, stepping in and all kinds of crap like that. So 
pick it up. You can't give them free access to water if they're going to be compulsive and obsessive about drinking it. And some dogs aren't necessarily compulsive, but maybe they're panting a lot and you're always rushing to get them water and, you know, you don't recognize it, but it's giving them an outlet to soothe their anxiety in that moment, if that makes sense. Like people who bite their nails, like if the dog is stressed and wants to do something in that moment, now all of a sudden they're drinking, they're like, oh, this feels good. I'm doing something. I'm soothing myself. I'm drinking. If they're not drinking without you there, you're making them so damn stressed that they're drinking the water. Yeah, especially if it's not 85 degrees and you're not like going for a run or something. I mean, if it's just the dog in the house being crazy and going to the water bowl. So look at that. Even if the dog doesn't have potty training issues, I've, it's been amazing to me to see how many dogs, I would say mostly it happened with the three-weekers when we were doing three-week boot camps um, a few years back, but they come in, they're just chugging their water to the bottom, to the bottom, to the bottom, doesn't matter. And then when they start to regulate their water, it's like at the same time that they're like starting to calm their minds and starting to actually like understand some obedience and stuff. So if they chug water all the time, you probably got an anxiety issue. That's and the it, long it and short be, of it. It could be diet related. If you give them a lot of kibble and they're all dried out, it's warm out and they're eating kibble, they're going to be more thirsty than normal. Yeah. But we, you can put a little dogs, water in the kibble even. Just I mean, my dog, top. for example, he only drinks water about once every three days. Yeah, it's just because Scott doesn't refill his bowl, but that's a separate <laughs> issue. All right. So um, we were mentioning how it went with our dogs and everything else, and we'll give you a little bit more specifics about how we deal with this situation. But at the end of the day, like, not everybody likes dogs. Just like Scott said. I mean, let's just be frank. And you're going to have some people... We don't invite those people over. Well, no, we do. I mean, we never... Your family... I don't think your family could name one of our dogs. So, like, if we're going to have people over... They can't name my kids. (laughs) aren't dog people. (laughs) It doesn't mean that now we're going to try to make them dog people and be like, oh, look at this one. And, oh, this one's so great. Like, okay, put them away, shove them away, everything else. If you are a big dog lover and you're going to someone else's house... It's kind of the same rule applies. Don't bring your freaking dog there either. I don't care if they have dogs. I don't care if they said, I need to meet your dog and I want your dog to come over. If the dogs have never met off properties before and in neutral territory, and maybe there's so much that they're just going to play for two hours and now your whole night is spent, you know, managing these two dogs. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to bring my dog over to this person's house and they don't own a dog. People that don't own dogs don't want dogs in their home. Like, that's why they don't own a dog. Like, dog hair, it, there's no shed, dog that doesn't shed, and there's no, oh, this dog's hypoallergenic. No. Like, don't bring your dog somewhere. Even if it's at, even if you're welcome to bring your dog, you need to, like, evaluate that what that situation's going to look like. If we were to bring our dog somewhere, we might have a soft crate in the car. We might bring a dog bed with us that we can use. We're going to set the, things up so the dog isn't just going to be roaming around someone's house for four or five hours. That's true. And people are rude about that. They just think, oh, it's my dog. I want him with me. I'm going to bring him. Okay. If, you, if you are going to bring your dog to someone else's house or someone's going to bring their dog to your house, I would pick up potential triggers like dog toys, water bowl, food bowl. Make sure there isn't something that your dog may get possessive over, even a dog bed. Your dog may have a favorite bed that it sleeps on or a piece of furniture. And now this other dog is in there like tearing it up and being a friggin' <laughs> idiot and now your dog is going to get all pissed off and get, you know, start and this, a fight. And the only reason we're mentioning these scenarios is because, like, point blank, they happen. Like, I can be like, oh, yeah, Darwin did that, and they got in a fight, and then they, he had to come for training because all of a sudden Darwin had dog aggression when he had his friend over. So we've seen these things happen before, and things can escalate quickly, especially when there's two dogs from different households involved. And you're actually there to interact with your friends. You're not there on a doggy play date. You want to actually see each other and socialize. So don't bring your dog somewhere else. If they're not dog people, keep your dogs locked up. And then the other one is if kids are involved, like this is a totally different ball game. Okay. So we're talking about like, to, you know, adults coming over and hanging out with adults and, you know, you can be cognizant of what's going on and you can be mindful of what's going on and keep all the balls in, in the air. But 
there's not kids that are maybe going to be approaching your dog. So everything that we're no. talking about today, really, if kids are there, I'd say what? Under seven. I would say under 12. Any kids that are yeah. under 12 that don't own a dog that come to visit you and you have dogs, they may not be, uh, chances are they're not going to be interacting with your dog appropriately. And it doesn't mean they're being mean, but they're not respecting the dog's space. They don't understand the dog's body language if the dog moves away. And they, no one's, they're going to go and hug the dog. And, and no one's advocating for the dog because yeah. everybody's busy doing something else. So now if the dog has moved like six rooms away from the kid and the kid's still up its ass, like what do you expect from the dog, you know? And, and the parents are out drinking beer near the barbecue. Exactly. And, they, you know, maybe kids are outside playing wiffle ball. I don't know. Do kids say, still play that? Is that a term? I don't know. Whatever it, you do now if you, with... If you can play it on your phone, they play it. <laughs> yeah. But if there's some sort of thing flying around now maybe the dog's getting involved in that or your nephew's got scratched just running around one time with the dog dogs that aren't used to living with children that all of a sudden are seeing these small humans like run around and wrestle it's stressful for them and they may not be like outwardly aggressive and like going and biting something but they could jump up or they could try to get involved or they could try to stop somebody and your nephew got scratched pretty good and then he had some trauma with dogs for I'd say yeah, almost a year. It happens. You know, it happens. But my only point is when we say visitors in this context, we're kind of just talking about the situation that we had the other night where it was us who were pretty savvy dog people. We had a couple over who's, who were previously clients of ours. They're decently savvy dog people. And we were all together in that setup. So Scott said that we brought one of the dogs out on leash. He grouped it together like all of the dogs came out on leash. But my girls are social. So we let them out one at a time. They're the ones that wanted to see the dog. And, you know, they all, oh, hey, it's so great. They get excited. It's free rain. Like, if the dog's going to run and jump, like, that's on you. The dogs come out loose. And then we'd put the dogs on beds. And then they wanted to play with the dogs. So we said, fine, like, throw the ball a few times and then stopped it. Dog's back on a bed. We were managing our dogs the entire time. Like, there was never a moment where they were dealing with our dogs and we weren't there to help our dogs or be an advocate for our dogs or something else. And then the little... Pomeranian, she's very cute, but she doesn't listen to anybody. She barely listens to me half the time. A dog has a lot of training. A lot of training. Scott's owned her since she was 10 weeks old. No, she's really strong. She's like 13 and she's three pounds, but she's 100% the strongest dog in her house. So um, she's out and she's in the kitchen. I told her to get on her bed. And then, of course, like just somebody looks at her cute and she like runs off her bed across the room like, ah, here I am. Ha, ha, ha. So in those situations too, like, okay, am I going to enforce the obedience right now? Well, yes, because I'm a dog trainer and I'm crazy. So get back on your bed. And then I just released her off and picked the bed up. So we didn't have to deal with it. But now she's picking and choosing also, like, do I have to listen to the rules? Is mommy paying attention? Dogs are getting bad reps and everything's escalating because as soon as they see that structure and control lifting, things can start to escalate. So even though our dogs were loose and they had fun, it's not like it was a big free-for-all romp when they first came over for the first 15 minutes. We all just hung out. I don't think a single dog barked. No, it was good. Everything went fine. But we set our dogs up to succeed in that instance. And the reason that I do this, and I've always done this since I first started owning dogs, is I care about my dogs more than the people coming to visit me. I can live without them. I don't want to live without the dog. And if the dog bites someone and something bad happens, and then all of a sudden I have to can't own my dog or have to put the dog to sleep, I don't even want to think about that possible scenario. So I make sure that there's we don't have these issues. And we don't own your average pet either. I it mean, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Any dog can bite. Well, Any dog can and bite. when there's drinking, you always say this too, things are escalating, yeah, like out are, in California. People are idiots when they drink, especially, I mean, everyone becomes a dog person. Everybody wants to play with your dog after two or three beers out in the yard. They want to throw a Frisbee. They want to do this or that. And um, 
there's nothing wrong with that except everybody's judgment is getting a little bit clouded when when you're drinking. And you, you have know? to just, you have to be aware that, okay, if you don't want to pay attention to the dog, it's just like the kids. Like if you're not going to deal with the kids, then send them off and say, go play and have someone else in charge. The oldest kid in the group is in charge or something. But if you're not going to deal with the dog, then before you think like, oh, I have to go check on this dog. I have to go do this. Just put the dog away. Remove the dog from the situation. But like with Jimmy, and Jimmy goes to work with Scott everywhere. He's like fine. He sees people off he's the property. He's only bit three people. Oh, shut up. He's never bit a soul. <laughs> Maybe he's bit you playing around. Um, but the, they go everywhere together. And when it's neutral ground, it's fine. But when people are at our house, like we said, he's a little bit more like, why are you here? what's going on. So they met outside everything else and he was fine. And then he was in a bed. And then um, our friend said, Hey, can I throw the ball for Jimmy? I said, sure, that would be great. So she throws the ball and Jimmy is very selfish with his toys and he brings it to us, but he like dances around like, Oh, I'm so close to him. So close to you. And she didn't know what he was doing. So then she like ran to get the ball from him and you could tell he was uncomfortable there. So I sprung up right away and I said, Hey, I'm going to get a bed, put him on the bed. But I didn't now let that situation escalate to our friend chasing him around to get the ball from him. He's not used to that. He was just doing his typical, like, yada, 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 yada. Get it from me if you want to get it from me. So I intervened immediately. We used a bed. She got it from him when he was on a bed, threw it a few times. It was fine. But I didn't say, like, oh, let's see how this unravels. As soon as there's some unknown, or, like, people say this all the time. Clients say this all the time. Oh, we just wanted to see what happened. No, 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 no. Like, that's not, you're not going to just, like, evaluate. My dog's normally really aggressive with dogs, but when this dog came up, he was okay, and I just want to see what happened. Like, no, you, if, you're, if that's ever coming out of your mouth, you're not setting yourself up for success, and it's probably going to be a cluster. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have dogs that are really bulletproof. I mean, strangers can come in the house. The dog isn't even going to get up off the floor. And, of course, we're not talking about you guys with these dogs that are really uh, either stable or really old or just so obese that they just can't get off the floor. But if you, if you have a dog that you're concerned about, that in your gut you feel like, oh, this could, um, I hope this goes okay. If you're ever thinking that way, I, oh, I hope there isn't a problem. Be proactive and make sure that there isn't a problem. Don't just hope for the best and, and then set, see what the freak And set happens. yourself and your dog and your guests up for success because... And don't trust people that, that don't live in your house. And it's not that they don't mean well. Don't trust them to do the right thing yeah. all the time because they're not going to. And the other thing is like it escalates. So fine, it's a little puppy. Everybody wants to come over and see the puppy. I mean, before COVID, it wasn't a big deal. But, you know, yeah, you get a new dog, you want to see a new dog. Okay, so... Of course, maybe the puppy's in a pen or something. So it's barking, and now the strangers are approaching it, and then you let it out, and they're like, oh, it's just a puppy, and the dog's jumping all over them, and everything's great. Well, then six months later, everybody's like, the dog's too noisy when people come over. The dog jumps all the time. He's totally out of control. We have nothing, because things escalate. So like, if you have a little bit of barking, then fix the barking and calm the dog down and manage your uh, interactions better. If you're stepping on the leash and giving the dog enough leash just to say hi to someone, maybe they can't raise their front feet off the ground and actually make contact with someone. Like head these problems off before they're an issue. Because if a dog barks every time a visitor comes over and jumps on every, you know, of the first hundred guests you have, then why at 101 is it like, okay, we're not doing that anymore? It's not that you can't train a dog at that point, but after it's gotten so many reps, things have escalated more and more and more, and it's more of a pain to unravel. Yeah, the training's gonna have to be a lot firmer, for lack of a better description, yeah. when you're trying to break bad behaviors that are habits at that point, you know? Yeah, so we're not trying to throw you guys under the bus, have people over, enjoy it, you know. Well, we the reason we enjoy. bring it up is because, you know, 4th of July is coming up. People are now starting to get together again, even in yards, because people are still trying to be somewhat respectful of this virus that has not left live. yet. So people are getting together for a backyard party and trying to maintain a little bit of 
social distance. And the other way to think about it, and I was thinking about this today too, is like when someone moves, like when one of our clients is going to move to a different apartment or a new state or something else, we're like, that's great because now you're doing the training and you're going to have a fresh start. Well, think about after quarantine is kind of being a fresh start too. Like there's a reset there. Maybe people haven't been over to your house for three months. So now things are going to be different after that three month period, rather than slip back into some of the same old annoying BS and have to be stressing about guests coming over and everything else. And really more than anything, for the people that aren't having people over because of your dog, find someone to help you because that's silly. Like that's not how life should be. Even if your dog is aggressive, get your dog, you know, acclimated to being in a crate, put him in a separate floor than the guests. The dog never sees the guests, but you should never be disallowing yourself the ability to have guests over and invite people over just because of your dog. I mean, you would love to use that as an excuse. I was going to say, there's nothing wrong with using your dog as an excuse to keep people from coming around. But that's <laughs> but we don't issue. legitimately want it to be a problem that you can't have people over if you want. All right, guys, if you need anything from us, um, shoot us an email at studio at thequirkydog.com. Next week, we are going to go over some noise sensitivity. We know the 4th of July weekend is coming up, and a lot of dogs have trouble with fireworks. And in the meantime, yeah, keep, keep it, it quirky, quirky, guys. Take care, and rest in peace, Pam. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.